God is always there to put ideas on it. Now it depends on you as an individual to act upon that idea, to be passionate about it and believe in yourself that if allergy can do it, you can absolutely do it. So if you have any idea and you have passion for something, go in for it and ensure you are consistent while you are going in for that thing. It's only through that that you're going to break barriers. I see the walls before me, I feel the cages forming, seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head off the ground. I see the world before me, I know what change is coming, I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head off the ground. We break into everything. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We break into everything. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donker. Every month we try to highlight people around the world doing great things, doing amazing things, just to encourage young people especially to step out on faith and defy the earth basically. And so it's just a way to encourage us because sometimes life can be tough. And so hearing people's stories, I feel like encourages each one of us to keep pushing forth the wins and the things that we are looking for, the achievements that we're looking for are the steps that we are taking to achieve them. If we don't take those steps, we will never be able to achieve them. And so today we have our barrier breaker of the month of November 2023. He's none other than Alaji Mane, all the way from the Gambia. So excited to have you on here. I'm so grateful. I had so many good things about you and I can't wait to hear your story and how you got to this place and you know where you're going. And so please, Alaji, introduce yourself. Right. Thank you very much, Joyce. I am really, really excited to be part of this podcast to share my story. So I am Alahaji Mane, like you rightly said, founder and chairperson of U8 Foundation Gambia. I am based in the Gambia community called Brufood. I'm working with a lot of young people within my organization to impact lives of a lot of young girls with regards to menstrual health and hygiene management. This is where we centralize our projects. On. So basically, it's about me. It's good to see young men also making sure that the women are also safe. Girls are being protected and the young people are also like encouraged to push forth. So what made you get into the work that you're doing now? So I would say my getting into this menstrual hygiene space was actually inspired by the experiences of research and data entry that I had over the years with prominent organizations like the UNICEF, uh, the Action Aid, the National Aid Secretariat, and IFAD and organizations like that. So we usually go to rural Gambia to collect data and also enter data with regards to contemporary issues that are affecting local communities. Now, part of this risk, I realized that in the rural Gambia, a lot of 
principals, especially adolescents, are not going to school. Then I engage them in a conversation. I later realized that it was because of they are going to Tresor and that they have been discriminated and stigmatized at the school level. This is why they don't want to go to school because they say boys laughed at them. I find this not very pleasant because it is a natural phenomenon that not stop you from achieving your goals and whoever you want to be in the future. So at the time I was going to school, but when I graduated, I picked it up on myself to come up with an organization that is going to be helping these young girls to provide access to information and social support because these are the main things that they are lacking. And I feel government cannot do it also. We step in to complement government's effort in order to actually engage young girls uh, to be able to understand about these things and also understand that it is a natural phenomenon that should not stop them from reaching to their full potential. So basically, this was the story behind the UAE Foundation. Okay. And UAID Foundation is mainly focusing on girls, right? Yes. What does UAID stand for? Yeah, it means Union Aid Foundation. Union Aid Foundation. I think we get this name because we are united in providing aid. So this is where the games and plays, yes. Okay, that's awesome. So I like to take it back to when you were young. What was your desire to become? Like when you envisioned your life, what was it that you wanted to become when you were much younger? I always wanted to become a nurse. When I see nurses put on their uniforms, that really is a fancy to me, yes. So I always, always wanted to become a nurse, and uh, which I eventually became a nurse. I am a qualified nurse that worked uh, for seven Yes, I think that also for the most part helped me to understand more about menstrual health and all that with regards to the field anatomy and physiology of women's body and all that. So along this line, I have my dad work in civil society space. He's a consultant working with local communities and all that. So he actually dragged me a little bit to his service, research and data entries and all of that stuff. So I felt in love with it. I come across a lot of information and some are good ones, some are not very good ones. And uh, we see a lot of issues that actually affecting the communities. And these are first-hand information from the source because we collect these information. So all of these things shaped my idea of wanting to become more of a philanthropist or a social worker and also along the way as a profession. So I think the social work plus my nursing profession is a great fit to help young girls in menstrual health space. So yeah, here I am. It is. You mentioned that your dad was the one that drew you into his area as well. How does that feel? Because you don't normally hear such stories for guys, you know, it's probably maybe their dads are talking to the girls or something like that. But to hear you say that your dad encouraged you to come, how does that feel like? Feels good. He is someone that I always look up to. He is a prominent figure in the society. He is respected as well for the things that he does for the society. So when I firstly graduated from high school, he told me, well, we have this survey. I don't know if you want to out of it. I said, yes, I want to try and see how it works. So I went to the provinces for the very first time. I had to leave a campus to go to around Basse. Yeah, we did this research and then, you know, how those people, you know, received us, the hospitality, the humanity in them and all of those things were very much different and at a different level. So I really, really loved it and working in the field, collecting information, interacting with different people also broadens my knowledge on how people are actually. So I think I felt in love with it from that end and also we come to data entries where we have to data, store data and all of that from these surveys and all. So I did this for about seven years, which I think I really, really 
helped me. I also fall in love with it, going to the community, talking to people, loving people. And then, you know, all of these things are still part of me as when you look at the menstrual hygiene, also going to communities and then I was doing in the field and all that. So yes, I fell in love. I think it's so important that parents involve their kids in what they do because it births something else because now look at where you are in the work that you are doing. If you are not involved in that area or field that you went to working after high school, I wonder where you'll be at right now because at some point, young people get confused about what they want to become. Well, that's what I think because when you're younger, yes, you have all these goals and dreams that you want to become, but if you don't have the proper guidance, you get lost in the middle of it. And then at some point you're just like, okay, let me just start this to achieve this goal. And then eventually sometimes they don't ever get to be what they want to do, but that's also part of life because sometimes, yes, you might desire to want to become this. However, the way life goes, maybe there's no finances, maybe something happened to your parents that you're like I'd rather take go this route so that I can go you know achieve other goals and then maybe eventually I can come to what I wanted to become at the end of the day but I feel like proper guidance is needed and just getting your kids into different things that can help them make better decisions as they grow older because I feel like back in the day it was more like go to school become a doctor become a lawyer become this but to see like even back then that a few parents that were very involved in their kids lives and trying to encourage them I think that is very key key. And that's one thing that I feel like I always talk about on the podcast, encouraging parents to connect, you know, with the kids and encouraging even as we grow older and become parents to be involved in their lives as much as possible and get them involved in our lives and some of the things that we are doing so that they are seeing the things that we are doing and being encouraged and be able to make better decisions in the future or as they grow older. So I think that was a very key thing. That was a very good thing that your dad did for you which I applaud him for. At the end of the day, look at what you're doing, the great things you're doing in the society. It's very, very applaudable. So thank you. Thanks to your dad for that. (laughs) So from high school, you did that. And then what made you go into nursing? Or did you go into nursing directly after high school? Yeah, so after high school, I did a community service for a while. That is the you know, data collection that I talked about. I did that for some years and I went to nursing school and completed two and a half years uh, studying in the nursing. Then from there, I started working as a nurse, health center, and also at a pharmacy for close to seven years, I think. That was my dream. At first, I loved nursing because of the uniform that they put on. I think it's nice. I mean, I was growing up, this is what uh, when our teachers asked us, what do you want to be? I said, I want to be a nurse right? because they wear a nice uniform. I love it. But when I get into this space, I realize that it is not only about uniform. It is more to that actually important people at their lowest time, you know, ensuring they recover from their health issues and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that only God would uh, reward you for. I ended up loving that and I am also a softer going person so I can easily connect with people. I easily sympathize with people. So I think a lot of people uh, come my way because of my personality. I've been a soft person naturally. Mm-hmm. So that also builds a, a very good connection with me and my patients. And uh, yeah, so I still love uh, the nursing job because you take care of other people that I mean, they cannot take care of themselves at that point in time. So which is really, really amazing. So yeah, I love nursing. Are you still practicing the nursing or involved in other things as well? 
I am still practicing it. Ndudu at a pharmacy level now. Once in a while, I have part-time pharmacy job. But I can say I am connected to the UH Foundation's activity now because we have a growing team of 70 volunteers. So we have a lot of coordinations to do countrywide because it's a national-based civil society organization. So which means we have so we have a lot of coordination to do. And so all of the teams are in the same page to you know implement similar projects in similar regions in the Gambia. Oh, that's great. Can you throw more light on the work that you guys are doing at the UAID? Right. So we're working on menstrual health and hygiene, but for the most part, we are working on sensitization programs like access, providing access to information and social support. But we also have a strategy to this, use a triangular approach where we involve the Adolescent girls, we involve the teachers and also we involve the parents in the discussions. So at one point, you will see us going to schools to sensitize girls. But in other days, you will also see us going to the communities to sensitize mothers about it as well. And also we involve teachers because we get to understand from our initial data collection, random survey that we did with these adolescent girls is that their parents don't inform them about these things until it happens. So most of the time, they are not even prepared for it. It just come to them, bam, and some are very confused. They might think I am wounded or something like that. So they have very limited information with regards to this. So this is why we think in order for us to effectively and efficiently tackle this issue, we need to involve the relevant stakeholders. That includes the parents. So we sensitize them that the importance of providing this information on time is important. And teachers also, because these kids will uh, you know, spend part of their time with teachers and also the other half with the parents. So this is why we also educate teachers on this too, for them to understand. Yeah, when these girls are in school and unfortunately, suddenly natural stuff comes in, you, this is what you need to do to protect them. This is how you need to react to them and all that stuff. So we also teachers also receive this important training so that they can always be there. But the most important thing also, we involve the boys at school level in these discussions because most of the time this discrimination stigmatization comes from these boys because they also don't understand about these things they just see it happen and they start to laugh and all that so now gradually they are beginning to understand it that they are beginning to provide support to their sisters so i think in a long run it's common and easy thing for girls to go to anywhere they are yeah so this is the approach we are using at the moment that's really good that you're involving the guys because to create more awareness because yes, some of them or most of them do not even know what it is about. And it's probably when they grow older, they're like, oh, I did the wrong thing and I was bullying <laughs> the girls or discriminating the girls just because of something that was just natural. And so I think it's very important that you are able to do that. Also, I feel like it's also great that you are also sensitizing the community and the teachers as well to bring up this conversation early because I remember when I was younger, I did didn't even have that conversation until it happened. <laughs> so it's very good to have the parents do talk about it early. And I feel like, yes, the parents have to talk about it early with their kids instead of even the teachers or even before the teachers bring it up. Just having that conversation, because I wouldn't be expecting that in this day and age that this is still happening. However, depending on the community that you are in or the area you find yourself, some of these parents, you know, they don't know how to approach these topics with their kids. And so it's great that you guys are sensitizing them. Are you guys able to show this on TV or air it on a radio or something just to get more sensitization out there? Yes. So we actually target the media. We think it's a very powerful weapon or a very powerful means to ensure other informations are out there because some of the people might not 
really have access to what we are saying because we are in a specific area. So once I listen on TVs and radio, so we frequently have radio programs and also TV programs. I think recently we had project, we call it My First Period Project, MFP. So this project, we provide booklets uh, that contains key information on menstruation. So this was an experience shared by other girls around the world. So we compile it in the form of booklet form to distribute it in school so that they can easily understand the stories from their own peers around the world that they can easily relate to. So we believe sometimes when you sensitize them and it takes a while, they tend to forget most of the things that we talked about. They have the book with them. It can be sort of a menstrual guide for them. It can also be a reference point for them. So this is the book that we did presented and provided Paradise TV to cover the event. It was a really a successful event covered by Paradise and a lot of people saw it on the news that uh, this is the new project that we are into. And I think uh, by far it will help for the sustainability of the projects at the school levels because we designed it in such a way that these books are going to be changed in the library so students can have access to it. Even if those students graduate and other new students come, they'll always find those books at the library that they can always go to and have access to those key information that they demonstrate. Yeah, so we very much you know, have medias on board, TVs and That's really good. The thought that came to my mind is hopefully there could be an animation story about my first period. That would be nice because nowadays, apart from the books, I think media is very powerful too, more now than ever. So if we could have like an animation storyline, cartoon kind of thing where you have that story told, I think if you reach out to more people, because now people watch videos more now, and especially if it's like a short clip, I think that would be great to share that around. And it can be translated into different languages in Gambia that will reach more people. That's just, I thought that came to my mind, but yeah. That is a brilliant idea. In fact, it's an important point that I'm going to note down after talk to my team about this. It's something that we can do to reach out to more audience. And kids also want to you know, watch this cartoon and all that so they can actually learn from it. Right. That'll be great. So what are some of the challenges you faced along the way, this journey from, you know, going to nursing, community service, and now you have UAID? What are some of the one or two challenges that you have faced? Yeah, so my personal level, it will not be much uh, because I can manage myself. I know at UAID we have activities, but it's not like everyday thing. So sometimes we have it two weeks, three weeks, we have an activity. So I can partly manage that with my nursing work. So when we look at the UAID, I think the challenge that we have is finance is really a challenge for us. Since our inception in 2020, all the projects about saving successful projects that we did was all self-funded in its entirety. So we have yeah, our members uh, the monthly contribution. We don't have any external support since we started, but come this far though to our membership contributions and all. So I think finance is a big challenge for us and it might limit us to just a certain project. We might not go on for a bigger one because we are sort of finance and all. Yeah, I think for startups, it's always difficult at the beginning financially because everything is like you're doing it. And then until someone recognizes that work, you don't get to get the recognition or the finances that you need to move forward. So I guess that is true for every entrepreneur. <laughs> when you're starting up, it's always always difficult until someone recognizes it and pushes it forth and hopefully you guys get the fundings that you need to push because I think you're doing a great work and impacting the lives of young people I think that's very very great what you're doing so next month well November which is the month that we're going to be showcasing this is Men's Day and actually very thing that I would like to push on Barabrica's corner is celebrating men because there's this ideology about men that 
they are not good, they are trash and all of that. And I do not fall on that set of people that want to do that because if I'm saying that, I'm talking about my dad, I'm talking about my male friend, I'm talking about my cousins, I'm talking about any male person that is really close to me and I've seen such good people around and I want with Briar Corner to really push and promote celebrating men as much as we celebrate women as well. I know women do a great lot, but we can't hide the fact that if there was no man in this world, we would not be able to do or bring forth, you know, the kids into this world unless we start creating AI kids. <laughs> but I think it's worth celebrating the men that are doing the most, the men that are doing great things out there the men that are doing like amazing thing out there and i want to push this forward and the theme for this year is healthy men healthy world and zero male suicide so because there's not one country like women's day i feel like it's almost every country that celebrates women's day in march However, when it comes to Men's Day, it's like this country is celebrating it on this month and that country is celebrating on that month. So I feel like the theme is either for this year is healthy men, healthy world and zero male suicide. And we've seen areas where I would like to touch on it, but I just wanted to bring up this point of it's important to see healthy men out there mentally because it's key. And we've had this notion or this thing, which is true that it's hard for men to really talk about their feelings or what they are going through to whoever because of, they don't want to feel judged. They don't want to feel looked down upon or stuff like that. Meanwhile, if you have the right people in your corner, you should be able to have conversations with them. And as a result, when you're not able to have some of these conversations with your close brothers or friends or people around you, then you tend to want to commit suicide because you feel like there's no one around you. And then it's at the point that you have died that people are like, he should have told me, he should have said this. However, if he had, you know, what kind of support, and we're not talking about financial support or anything, how would you have been there for this man? And so I feel like this topic is very key and it's very important that we have healthy men out there. Because if we have healthy men out there, the world also be a much better space to be in because then we'll not see some of these things that are going on that men are doing. But a healthy man mentally, spiritually, you know, body-wise, like every part of him being healthy and good, I think breed or births great things. We're able to connect with other people and help other men as well. That's why you see men, other men trying to build a healthy men community that will help other men to get out of whatever situation that they find themselves. I feel like having healthy men, it's so important. And seeing you as a young man doing what you do right now, that shows a healthy man out there. And if other men could take that and say, you know what, I want to support other girls, not just girls, but other guys as well. Like you're doing, trying to educate the young men to let them know that periods are not, it shouldn't be something that you discriminate against, or you know, it shouldn't be something that you look down upon in this other woman. And so it's so important what you're doing. That education to boys as well is also breeding healthy men because as they grow older that notion is also going to be in their mind that idea or that thought or that you teaching them will help shape their mindset about women and the things that they go through will really help at least that we do not lead them to committing suicide so maybe not just talking about men's periods but other ways that guys will be encouraged other ways to encourage boys to you know, have a healthy mindset, live a healthy life, do the right things. Because at the end of the day, we see a lot of the things, even in Gambia, we see a lot of things that guys are doing, the rapes that is taking place, you know, the thieves, the stealings that are going on, you know, the people that are taking up positions in key areas in Gambia that affecting 
not even just in Gambia, but even around the world that are affecting not just the women, but all the men, you know, the society, the community as well. And if we have healthy men who have the right mindset in those places, I believe that starting from the community, we'll have better communities and our countries will be better countries to be in. I just wanted to bring that up, but I also wanted to throw light on you to touch on that as well, to share about, you know, a healthy man, celebrating men as well. I think that's important and a zero male suicide. Yes, I think the, the way that women like to be celebrated is the same way that guys also need to be celebrated. So, and I also think it will go a long way in trying to, you know, influence other guys that we are not doing the same thing that we're going to impact lives of. So if they see that, oh, this guy is celebrated, oh, this guy is that, so they also want to emulate those people. And by doing that, they are also contributing positively to the society. I think if there is an importance to celebrate our men, I think that's a turn out for me as one of the most important things where they will be celebrated because they are doing A, B, and Z in the society, not because of their personal level, but because of the impact they're bringing on. And people can also emulate them. And then we would then have a community where men's perception about things will also change because we have other guys that are thinking very, very differently from how development and things like that are all that they are engaging in drug, smoking, you know, wayward lifestyle and all of that stuff. And I think also it's our responsibility as guys, also as young people to talk to them about it and all that. So all of these things put together is should be a collective effort from both guys and female to ensure we are all on the same page. There should not be that much of a difference between us and there should not be a competition as well between us. I think with that, it will help us to all grow because if women grow, it's going to be important for men. If men also grow, it's going to be important for women. We cannot, you know, without each other. So we work together to ensure we all live more fruitful and sustainable life than us. So I think that would be my take on the topic with regards to men celebration. Yeah. I think, like you said, it's equally important to celebrate the men. Because on Biobreakers Corner, every week, we shed light on men and women that are doing great things that we have. So we call them Man Crush Mondays and Women Crush Wednesdays. A couple of men that have really come up and really appreciate the work that we are doing because they don't get to see that often in the society where men are being celebrated and promoted, sharing the work that they are doing and the contributions that they are doing into making in the society. So seeing that always makes me happy because at the end of the day, that's one of the things that I want wanted to do i could have just made barrier breakers corner be a woman's page knowing that i only have sisters <laughs> i don't have any brothers and the only man in my life that i've learned from for the most part was my dad so <laughs> but i felt like okay there's a lot of women communities out there that are really doing well but also i just want to pull the guys along and so anytime it's so hard getting men on the podcast for real <laughs> but i try to make sure that i fight for it like I didn't want it to be all women and then just one or two men. For a year, we have 12 months, right? So I make sure that it has to be six men and six women. <laughs> no matter how hard it is to get men on the podcast, I feel like I have to push for it. I have to fight for it. So sometimes, you know, I'm stumbling here and there. It's easy to get women on the podcast. It's easy to highlight women, to see women doing great things out there. But it's hard to see men. And even when you see it, it's hard to even get them on to come and talk about some of these things. And I so appreciate you for coming out, you know, and the work that you're doing is really great, impacting the life of young girls out there. And also the young boys. I didn't want to leave them out because you being able to reach out to those guys that like I'm so grateful for that because if those guys are not being spoken to they'll never know 
and they don't have a different mindset. But this little seeds that they are sowing, they will definitely germinate and bear fruits in the future that would impact their lives. So we are grateful for the work we're doing and we want to celebrate you for what you're doing. You're doing an amazing job. We don't take it lightly to see another man celebrate women, to encourage women, to want to sensitize the community about what things that women go through. I think it's worth celebrating and we want to applaud you for that. Thank you so much for wanting to see a healthy community. Getting a healthy community is coming out of, you know, sensitizing the community, teaching them stuff, trying to get their mindset right to let them know that, hey, let's have these conversations early. Let us sensitize our boys. That's really, really great. Trying to get guys have a healthy mindset as to have healthy bed in the society even if it's one guy that you start with i think it's great because as you teach one person this person will teach another person and another person will get caught it just grows into a very big tree that you know you never know which part of the world they might be in and because of that little seed that you sold it's going to impact other men outside there so kudos to what you're doing and i hope that the guys that are learning about these things that you are doing this is taking place i hope that they're taking that um well even as they grow older it's something that they can look back on and not just about the menstrual topics that you talk them but maybe something else can come up in their mind and say hey you know what i want to do this i want to be better you know the things that you're sharing with them and i think that is so great to applaud and I can't wait to see the many things that you guys will get to do. I can't wait to see what those young boys and the young girls and the society, the community that you're reaching out to, I can't wait to see the more that they'll be able to do just because of the seeds that you are sowing. One of the questions I normally ask on Arabica's Corner is, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, you have a lot of things going on in your mind or like you already said. I want to be this, I want to be that, and you not know, keep your focus. And there are a lot of things that you also do not understand, especially when it comes to things that are going on with women, because we have a lot of barriers. Thank you so many things, encouraging teenage pregnancy, because there was no clear information from mothers, even to their daughters. Like you can literally tell your daughter that if a man touches you, uh, you're pregnant. That beats me. That is indirect. And they go with the notion that, oh, my mom says this. So if a guy touches me, I'm going to be pregnant. And that is not a thing. We try to tell them to basically understand. It's not because if a man touches you, you become pregnant. If you have sexual intercourse with a man, there will be high possibility of pregnancy. This is what we want them to be clear about. The question is, what would I have loved to know that I don't know before? Something like that. So I think if I had known that these moms are not very much clear to us because they talk to us in parables, ended up getting a lot of girls pregnant. You know, you, I had a classmate that got pregnant and uh, she couldn't complete her school. She was quite very intelligent. So if I had had access to this information that it's not what our mothers are telling us, but this is the thing, we would have used that knowledge to sensitize a lot of girls to be more aware of it. And then I think it would have saved a lot of girls from getting unwanted pregnancies. And they could have been, you know, with their careers and do whatever they want instead of you know, breaking out from school and doing something else that initially don't want. So this would be the thing I would have loved to have on then I could have used that to change the narrative for not all the girls, but for so many girls. Yeah, it seems like you wanted to do this community work from a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> That is really good to know. Before I even go to my next question, supposed to be the last question, I remember you telling me that you won an award. Can you tell us what the award was for? Yeah, so it was a humanitarian award, Africa. It was uh, being courtesy of Exam Media in Nigeria. I was just there and uh, all of a sudden someone reached out to me that you got nominated for this award. I'm like, what? I'm not even aware of 
she said yes so you can provide us your name your organization what you're doing and all that so i provided the information they wanted my social media links some videos i provided all of it and they told me that i was nominated for that position with i think about five other people some are from nigeria some kenya ghana tanzania different countries so i think i was the only guy in the midst of five plus ladies all working on the menstrual health issues Hopefully I stand out that the only guy that is in that space. So I was lucky enough that I received the email that I won the award. I was like, okay, thank you. I was not expecting But it was a tap at the back that what we are doing is actually right, continue to impact more lives. So I actually dedicate that to my team because without their support, I wouldn't have won that. So for me, it was not personal. It was a collective award for UA Foundation guy. Actually going to inspire all of us to work a lot harder to reach out to more communities to cover so that a lot of girls can also benefit from the works that we have and could be, you know, a source of expression for other guys that want to come and, you know, join us in the work and also come and enjoy the work. That's really good. Like I said, it's worth celebrating what you guys are doing. The other thing I wanted to add is that sometimes you are doing work and you feel like no one is really watching you. No one is seeing what you're doing, but people are really watching I saw this video or audio on social media yesterday. I think I've seen it before. And it says that when I post a picture, I get one or two likes. I get few likes, right? But when I post it on my story, on Instagram story, you get a lot of views. Or your social media story, you get a lot of views. It says that it means that people like you. People are watching you, but only people like you or some crazy thing like that. You might post something on social media and you know that a lot of people are seeing it. But you're getting like one to 10 likes. <laughs> but meanwhile, they see the work you're doing. And sometimes I would get private messages and be like, we love what you're doing. I really appreciate you, your podcast or what you're posting is really encouraging me. Yeah, I've never seen that person like <laughs> something that you posted or whatever, but they are watching. And it just tells that whatever you are doing out there, take that step and push forward. Don't let anything hold you back. Someone is definitely watching consistency is key and if you don't want to just start and stop and start this and stop that but people are watching what you're doing how you're impacting lives what you're changing the trajectories that are taking place or what you're doing to move forward or encourage other people whatever business you find yourself doing people are watching what you're doing they may not like everything that you're doing and don't be discouraged because of that but keep pushing on to do the work that you're doing. Eventually, you will get an award. Eventually, even if you don't get an award, someone's life is being saved. Someone's life is being transformed. Somebody is being encouraged by the work that you're doing. And because of you, other people can go on and do, I mean, more stuff because they're encouraged by what you did. Because five years down the line, 10 years down the line, those people that looked at you like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Why are you doing this? And later, 10 years under the they'll be like, I wish I started my own thing. I wish I started my own stuff. Because sometimes you're like, 10 years is too long, but 10 years goes by really fast. Like I started by Rebecca's Corner in 2019. Next year will be five years. And I'm like, whoa, we're already five years. <laughs> <laughs> and I have so many ideas and things that I really want to do. But I'm just like so grateful for the little steps that we have been taking. So wherever you are, those little steps, do not look down on the small beginnings, but just keep moving forward and you see greater things happen. And so my last question, what advice have you got for anyone that's out there that feels like life is hard? I cannot start any foundation. I cannot go to school. I don't know how to go and do nursing or reach out into my community. 
Like, because some people are really struggling on even the decisions to make. And I always say that, like, start from where you are, you know, whatever community you find yourself. But I don't know what advice you've got for somebody that feels like I can't break barriers. What advice have you got for them? Okay, so in the last three or four years, you tell me that you're going to start a foundation and it's going to go far, it's going to do this. I wouldn't have believed it. But actually, the idea came to my mind. I act on the idea. God is always there to put ideas on it. Now, it depends on you as an individual to act upon that idea, to be passionate about it and believe in yourself that if allergy can do it, you can absolutely do it. So if you have any idea and you have passion for something, go in for it and ensure you are consistent while you are going in for that thing. It's only through that that you're going to break barriers. Don't feel, you know low self-esteem or that you cannot do this, you cannot do that. Life is hard for everybody, but we all need to get bored and then try to do some things that actually going to change the life of other people and also people around us. So whatever you have, we all have our skills, by the way, we all have our potential. So your skills and potential will only be valuable if you put it into action. So you'll have that idea, a lot of ideas that I want. So among all of those ideas, just pick one, act upon it and be strong on it and ensure you also seek advices from people that were there before you. So you fall into the wrong that they have. That's going to be a lesson for you. But ensure you act on the idea that you have, be consistent, be passionate about it and also you know, talk to a man people like you, especially in the space that you are intervening. Yeah, so I think that will be the little advice I'm having. That's really good because one of the challenges that one faces is finances. Even for me, this year has been one of my biggest stretching seasons in my life. Having my own personal things that I have to take care of and also Barabaka's Corner, I've been stretched to the max. <laughs> and But one thing I always like, I tell my team, I'm like, let's just keep pushing forward. I know it looks like we're just posting the same things over and over again, but that's the consistency for us. Feedback that we even get, you know, always melts my heart. I'm just like, okay, let me keep going. Just yesterday, somebody was just applauding me for the work that we're doing. And I was just like so grateful for that because for me, it was like, okay, that's continue taking the steps that you're taking. So as tight as it may be, as hard as it may be, whatever idea you have, you know, whatever thing that you want to do, whether it's going to school, because everybody might not be an entrepreneur, everyone might not be a business person. If it is to go to school, if it is to help somebody, support somebody, one person or whatever it is, just act on it quickly because you might be saving somebody's life. You might be supporting somebody. I remember one of the videos we shared in January because in January we normally have like where young people will come and talk about the barriers they want to break at the beginning of the year or for that year, right? And, you know, we just randomly select people. However, one of the videos that we did taught somebody, you know, it was like seeing that video really encouraged me to go on and do something. And so the smallest thing, you know, can be a blessing to somebody. If it's just one person that all eight people talking or five people, six people that talked for that whole month of January, if it's just one person that it helped, that is good enough that they felt like some a difference was being made in their lives. They were impacted by the person posting a video and they were encouraged to do other things. So whatever you find yourself doing, wherever you are, keep one foot in front of the other. Don't let anything hold you back. Finance might be a struggle, but you just have to keep pushing forward. You just have to keep doing what you have to do. Sometimes you have to save your lunch money to do what you have to do, you know? Sometimes you have to put some money aside. You have to hold back the enjoyment that you want to enjoy 
you know, I'm not saying don't enjoy yourself in the whole 12 months, you know, <laughs> if it's once every quarter that you say, okay, let me go and chill and have a drink. That's fine. But we're not saying every month you want to enjoy yourself. Then the money that you want to use for your business is not going to be there. <laughs> whatever thing that you want to do, go into job wise, you know, whatever school, whatever it is. So take that step. Thank you so much for coming on, Alaji. I really appreciate what you're doing. Your story is an amazing one. The fact that you're supporting young people, girls especially, is really great. And thank you for being of great service to the community. Thank you for the work that you're doing in the community, the amazing lives that are being transformed. I believe that they'll go further. You know, it'll really go further, the work that you are doing. So we don't take it lightly. And the fact that you even got an award for the work that you're doing, it's amazing. In how many years? What, three years? Like, that is really good. Thank you so much. God bless you. And yeah, keep doing what you do. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jesse. It's a pleasure being here. Also, applaud you for what you're doing. I actually checked your social media handles and I saw the great things that you guys are doing. Let our people know what other people are doing in the society. It's also a way of raising awareness on the topic. Because now we are talking about mental health. Anybody that comes across this podcast will learn a lot from mental health and they can go and teach others about so you also keep up the good work and we're really proud of people like you within us we really inspired us to work extra hard to you know thank you very much it's a pleasure being here thank you too thank you for listening to the barrier breakers corner podcast if you liked what you heard please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast also share with those you think can benefit from this information please email all questions suggestions and compliments to the bb corner podcast at gmail.com the barrier breakers corner podcast is produced by the podcast laundry production company and executive produced by joyce donkor the podcast music was written by chidi omenihu and produced by andy official in the gambia west africa Breaking through air